Pray with me. Dear Jesus, we'll try it again. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Amen. All right. If you take your Bibles and go to the book of Genesis, I'm going to be very, very brief. But I came up with this saying, I read it online, someone put it down, I don't know who did it, but they said, live before you die. Live before you die. Live before you die. How many people get to the deathbed and wish they'd done so many things different? Live before you die. There was a, well, live with a purpose. Find your spot no matter what it is. Find your spot in your call. What you're doing is worth living for. People's lives are being changed because of you. Let me say that again. People's lives are being changed because of you. And let me ask you, why did Eli die? Why did Eli die? Why did he be get old and he become non-influential? Why did King Saul die? And why did he live with the results of, of his decisions? Why did, why did his family not to carry, get to carry on the, the kingdom, authority, the responsibilities? You ever wonder about your life and, and why your family and why things have happened in your life the way it has? Many of things have, have went in a certain order and it continues to go the way because there's a purpose in a life. But many people lose their purpose and you think that God is no longer important in their life. Eli was one of them. He became complacent. He thought it was no big deal that God was moving. When you begin to think that it's no big deal for God to move, you'll become just like Eli. You'll become old. You'll become of no use. You'll fill a position with, with no benefits. How many of you ever heard, ever heard of Reinhard Bonnke? Reinhard Bonnke was, a, uh, he was born in 1940, and in 1972, something changed in his life. He was over in Germany, he went to Bible college in Wales, and he was in Germany, he was, but while he was praying one day, he, he felt like God was speaking something to him, and he saw the continent of Africa, and he saw it go from the, the green, I guess it was, to the red, and he said he instantly, he knew that meant the blood of Jesus was going to sweep across Africa, and so he went to the, the people in his denomination, and he appealed to them for a uh, leniency to let him go to Africa. And they told him, no, we discouraged it. And they looked at him like he was kind of, kind of crazy. And so he didn't go. So he went back and he sought the Lord. He said, Lord, what are you saying? Are you saying go to Africa? And the Lord said, if you don't, listen, the Lord said, if you don't go, I will take the anointing off of you in your life and I'll put it on another. How many of us in here have become an Eli or a King Saul? And we once had his anointing strong upon our life, but because we disrespected him and we thought he was not valued, valued, it began to lift. And I've, this morning there's been appeals and appeals for people to come forward for a lot of things. And many of them I think have been bondages of your mind. And that's why a lot of people struggle. We don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. So we don't follow through. Richard Bonke went to Africa in 1975, I think, when he finally got there, and he began to travel and hold 10 revivals. How many of you have ever been to a 10 revival? How many of you have ever been to a tent that had 100,000 people? 30,000 
10,000 people under open air tent. I've never been in a tent of 10,000 people. Eventually it got to, he had a tent constructed that 30,000 people can meet in this open air arena. He's had 75 plus million people come to the Lord in the ministry that God had called him to. Why? Because he wouldn't let the anointing leave and go to somebody else. How many times have we even seen a little episode and a little something in our life and we don't follow through? I want to go into the Bible to the book of Genesis chapter, I believe it's chapter 6. Chapter 25, same thing. I had to have six down later in the, in the message, but I'm going to touch on one verse. Who was Esau? It's not what you have to do, but what you get to do. Man, I went to Bible college and I had all these these other students that had all these aspirations and all these things they thought they could do and, and they were really goal-oriented and had all these things set in their agenda they had to accomplish and I thought, man, they'll do great things. They'll do great things. You know what was in my agenda? I didn't have an agenda. I didn't have one. I just went to Bible college and, and thought that I would go home and work in Kentucky in the church and, and there'd be some deaf people to come and, and, I, and I would sign interpret for deaf people and, and I thought that's all that it consisted of. It's not who you are that matters. Sometimes we put so much emphasis on who we are and what you have that matters, it doesn't matter. Believe it or not, you've heard this probably said plenty of times before. Without an anointing upon a person's life, they are very non-effective. In chapter 25, we have a guy by the name of Esau. He was the oldest born. He was, he was a twin. Do we have any twins in the sanctuary this morning? Any twins? One fraternal twin at that, but twin Okay, twins are unique. They're very close, yet they're always striving with one another. But he's always the oldest. He would be the one to carry on the family name. And you may think, well, that's so unfair. The other one came out right behind him, clutching his heel. Yes, he did. But Esau was the one who should carry the family name. He should receive the inheritance, the birthright. He should get the majority and he can pick where he wants to, to go and settle. And he should have all the notoriety and all the fame and everybody should just look to him for leadership. The thing is, he could have been the one. Stay with me. He could have been the one to step into the call of God. Understanding that's more important than any of the other things. But he was the first one. Jacob and Esau. He was the one that could have carried on his father's belief. But why was he not chosen? He goes against everything in the scripture, the Old Testament law, but the oldest receiving all the birthright and the blessing and all these things. 
Chapter 25, and I'm going I'm to be real long. I'm going to be pretty brief on this. Chapter 25 and verse 30. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore his name was called Edom. That's important if you don't know why Edom is, but we'll see in just a moment. And Jacob said, sell me this day the birthright. And Esau said, behold, I'm at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do for me? What profit shall this birthright do in my life? What, what, should, what would the tradition of my father, how would that benefit me? He didn't value him. He was willing to trade him for a bowl of beans. Do you value the things, maybe if you, maybe you not, didn't grow up in a Christian home, maybe you didn't have the Christian values, but if you did, do you value them or do you value other stuff above God? Do you? Maybe your first generation, you're the one to establish what's right and wrong in a family. Maybe you came from a, a family that the parents didn't have any value of God, but maybe you did. Did you value your birthright, your position, what your parents lived for, what they, what they strove for? Because Esau did not. He despised his birthright. The way his father lived, that's what his birthright was. His family inheritance, what his father and what his family believed. Supremacy is the firstborn, spiritual leadership. He could choose the, the most partial piece of ground. It was his choice. He had a great name. He had spiritual blessings, etc. But he had no. But they had no value. Let me say to you this morning. You may be here every week, but if you don't value who Christ is and you don't value what he is in your life, then he'll never make the difference in your life. It becomes just part of what we do as a Christian. It has to get into your soul and it has to have value for what you believe in. It grieves me to think that we would go through this life and not value who Christ is, but we want all the blessings we want the favor, we want the good things of God, but we don't really, really appreciate who he is. We become an Esau. He despised his position to receive. He despised his position to have authority. You think it doesn't matter? It matters. You don't value this word for what it represents and what it means in your life, and you 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 downgrade that it's not for you, it's not for your family. This is this is this is the sad truth. So God passed over. Esau. God passed over Esau. I don't know about you. I don't want him to pass me over. I don't want him to look at somebody else's as, as 
Not just being more qualified, but someone more desperate and more hungry and, and trusting for what his word says. But are you that Esau? Are you valuing everything you receive from him here in your personal time outside of here? The things you've been taught in your life growing up? Do you value that? Are you an Esau? It just isn't really relevant because it matters. You may not think it matters right now, but someday it will. All the things that could have been in your life, in his life, I thought so many times, not many times, but a few times I've thought about him. I thought about the things he gave up. He would have to live with regret over not accepting God's call the rest of his life. What's the, fu- what's the future consequences? Jealousy. We get jealous of everybody when we don't do what we're supposed to do. We think about everybody else and how the blessings come to their life. Why are the blessings coming to their life? Why do they have the favor that they have? I'm going to close with this. You see that word there we said that Edom and Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. And, and Esau said, behold, I'm at the point of, to die. What profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob, swear to, Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore to him and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. And Jacob gave him a bowl of beans or a bowl of pottage. Edom was a, was a race of people that came out of the descendants of Esau. And you see, this is years down the road, and you may think, well, it's not going to affect me. I have, we have six grandkids. I only have one boy, so I'll select him. Walker is just a lot of fun. If you've ever seen him out in the foyer, okay, let me say, who hasn't seen him out in the foyer? He's a tiptoe runner. He runs on his tiptoes. He's always happy. He's all these things. But he's a future generation. You see, Leighton has responsibility. has responsibility. Josh has responsibility, regardless if you're a first-generation Christian or following the Lord the way you have or whatever. He has a responsibility to this little boy, to his daughter. You see, the future of Esau could have been the Israelites, but it wasn't. It was the Edomites. And the Edomites were always after to kill, to destroy, to take down, to invade, to do things against the, the children of Israel. David fought against them in a variety of variety. I don't want to go into all of that. Let me show you how important. Go to Matthew in chapter 2, and I'm going to close with this. 
Matthew chapter 2. How many's ever done that Ancestry.com? Has anybody ever done that? To see what you are, see what all goes back in your family? That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? I'd go back a, back a little after 1880, 1860, somewhere, and I can see my great-grandpa. His name is George Washington Hensley. And uh, who cares? Okay. But, but there's, there's interest in our ancestry, and there's interest in your ancestry, you know what I'd like to happen? This isn't prideful or anything, but uh, in 100 years, what do our future, if the Lord tarries, what is our future kids going to look back upon Dwight and Wanda? What are they going to see? What were the things they stood for that mattered? Chapter 3. I'm sorry, chapter 2. You know what I meant. And when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled, and Jerusalem with him. That doesn't mean anything probably to almost every one of you. Listen, King Herod was a direct descendant of Esau, the Edomites. And what was the intent of Herod? To snuff out and take the life of Jesus. You may think that you, because what you stand for is, is not that important or other things that you influence your life. But future, your future generations depend on it. You can choose your birthright and, and absorb it and embrace it. Or you can reject it and become like Esau. And his descendants became Herod. There's nothing. There's nothing in life. Without Christ. I'm going to close. Genesis 6, verse 3. You don't have to go there, but it says, God was frustrated with mankind. I don't think God's about to do that here. I think God's power is great here and his anointing is special here. But this has to do with you making decisions based on your family, upon you. He said, my spirit will not always strive with man. My spirit will not always strive with man. Don't wait too long. Don't waste your time and think that it doesn't matter because it does. I want you to play some music. Misty, we're going to close. But it matters what you are embracing. It matters. It matters. And it will forever matter what you embrace. <laughs>